Yep. Welcome to Craggy Rugby Podcast, Season 3, Match Day 2, Connacht against the Ospreys. There's a sense of trepidation just around, William. Are we going to win today? It's a bit of a pensive atmosphere here. Uh, it's not as busy as it was last week. It's a beautiful sunny evening, but there's a very, very strong wind. And everybody, I think, is expecting a much better performance from Connacht. Last week was uh, an unpleasant experience for the team and the spectators. It was a wake-up call. And tonight they've got to they've got to hit the ground running. I expect them to play a lot better tonight. But they're up against a very strong Ospreys team. They had an easy win last week against Zebra in more of a run-out game. But they have ten international starting and they have four on the bench. Speaking to the Welsh media beforehand... They're pretty confident, but they, they all expect a Connacht backlash. Pat Lamb in the press conference during the week spoke about that. He's expecting a Connacht backlash, so we'll see how we go. We will indeed. We'll talk on 20 minutes. OK, William, just coming up to 20 minutes, and it's 3-all. Um, tough start for Connacht, but they're doing well. Yeah, a lot of tackling to be made, but they've done exceptionally well. Work rate way ahead of last week. The Ospreys are more direct side than Glasgow. They're coming down the middle a bit more. It's a high-tempo game, but Connacht have really sort of got themselves into it in the last five minutes. And that's playing a little bit more like they did last year. Matt Healy's on the ball now. They are revving it up a little bit, so uh, yeah, we're well in this. Crowd looking for a high tackle there. But Connacht on the attack and looking good now. They've really worked their with themselves into this game. We'll talk again at halftime. Okay, William. It's half time, Connacht 3, Ospreys 10. A lot better than last week, but still a lot to do. Yeah, it's been a great half of rugby. It's exciting stuff. Few errors on both sides. We've sort of dominated the last 15 minutes, and we probably could have done with a score in that period, but uh, a lot better. Uh, high speed tempo. We're struggling a bit of the breakdown. Justin Tipperick is something else. He just his footwork, his positioning, and his hand skills are absolutely outstanding. And he's he's almost been a one man wrecking ball there in the last few minutes. But we're so much ahead of last week. Just got to start the second half really quickly. We can't afford to have a another five minute switch off. Um, but so far, a lot better. It is indeed. We talk again on sixty minutes. Okay, William, uh, it's just gone 60 minutes. Connacht lead by a point with a crack and try from Owen McKeown due to the fact that Osprey's number eight, uh, Arpep, was off the field for a high tackle. Um, much better from Connacht. Yeah, much better. They, they've settled well into the second half here. It's been uh, pretty hectic stuff, but they are now getting back to the, much more like the game plan that we saw last season. Still a few little errors there, but they'll be much, much happier. This game still probably go either way. A lot of it's going to depend on the way the bench is clear. And uh, I'm a bit more confident there. I think we might uh, we might manage to get this one. Yeah, certainly playing a lot better than last week. <laughs> we talk again at full time. Okay, William, that's a pretty depressing scoreline at the very end of the game. 32 points to the Ospreys, 11 to Connacht, and um, we ran out of steam again. Yeah, big turnaround the last 20 minutes. They just 
upped their pace and we just weren't able to compete with it. We, we seemed to get very tired very quickly and more injury issues. I mean, Danny Pullman comes on. He had to be replaced by Dave Heffernan and they just ran past us. A couple of missed tackles. There was a lot to like about what we did, but we're still we're still so far off the pace that we don't seem to be able to get our substitutes seamlessly in like we did last season. And that's two uh, bonus point defeats at home in a row. We only lost one game here in the whole of last season. So uh, this is going to be a hard season at the moment. Yeah, top six is looking quite a distance away at this stage. We'll talk again when Rob gets gets off the radio. It's the post-game section of the podcast. What's the mood? Now Shields with us, first podcast of the season. What's your mood? Disappointed. Mm. Um, bad performance. I just I still think they're badly undercooked. I think the preseason was a shambles, and I think that's a huge problem. Lindy McKenzie's joined us. Where's the mood right now after that? <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, look. I think Peck Lamb used the expression that awful expression that's become so popular today, it is what it is. Um, I'm not sure exactly what is it is, but um, it was an improved performance. Um, if you take out the last eight minutes, you Such know... a bad eight minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but if you take out the last eight minutes, you know, it, it was anyone's game at that stage. But you can't dress it up that last eight minutes and I think that says unfortunately quite a lot about um, the opening two matches Pre-season of shambles now I reckon uh, Pat Lam launched a bit of a defence of his pre-season said two games are cancelled and it was out of his control yeah, but it still doesn't make it less of it. If, if, if it's something is a shambles that you haven't controlled, it doesn't make it any less of a shambles. It's still a shambles. Good um, Good I, I agree with everything Packy said, but I would use the word frustrating for everything Lindy said, because apart from the last eight minutes, there was enough there to make you think, yeah, the, the, the team still has it. But there was enough there to make you think that we could get hammered by everybody, especially that last eight minutes. We are further up the well than we were last week. Last week we were at rock bottom, but just because we're halfway up the well doesn't mean we haven't still fundamentally. We're still fundamentally in a hole, and we need to get out of that hole. And we got a trip next week. And in and of itself, Connick never seems to can play really, really strangely in Zebra and win. But just right now, you would be slightly worried. It's an away trip. Zebra are better. Haven't played at home yet. They should be better. They had an improved perform. They themselves had an improved performance yesterday. You just—it's frustrating because it could be good. It could. It could and should be better, but it's still a mess. See, well, where I differ again than last week, lads, is um, no, you can take this. I just go on the numbers. Like it's ten tries in two games. Like I don't like the idea of oh, but this is an improvement because it's ten points. Another team gets a bonus point off us. It's it's just another very very bad result. Oh Jesus, yeah. You know, uh, it was. I don't know. I I think we're so badly undercooked. We look uh, terrible at rook time or in contact. We're very poor. Um, Ospreys saw today and Glasgow made hay last week. Hmm. Uh, it look, we looked alright for the first couple of minutes. James Connolly won a couple of penalties and all that, but we don't have we don't have our heavy hitters to hit the rooks. The only fellow I see hitting a rook really well is Finley Beelham, who's been excellent actually. Hmm. Funnily enough, um, hmm. like we badly miss uh, the likes of Quinn Rue there, a bit of ballast. Nathan White as well, we miss him badly. He can hit a rook really well. 
but the in contact when it comes to in contact like Tipuric was who for all his excellent ball playing and stuff like that he's he gets blown off the ball easily but he didn't get blown off the ball easily today no. so that, uh, that's my take on it we've lost uh, we badly we're badly missed in the contact just on the preseason I just thought of there when I said the preseason shambles we still have 19 or 20 fellas out injured hmm. I just I don't know well, I don't know how that happens in a, yeah. in a preseason where you know you only play one one game um, so that has a lot of us just scratching heads as well I mean I don't know what we can add to that really because none of us are the only thing that's going to add is going to be more players injured tonight I mean the list comes out it's longer every week there were guys on it there were guys on it yesterday who were not even mentioned in being on the injured list on Tuesday thinking how did that happen you've lost there were two guys on that stood out for me primarily because it meant that we were very very short at scrum half and Stephen Kearns and Conor Lance were both on the injured list and again they weren't on the injured list on Tuesday what's happened since then what are we doing at training that is a not being transferred to up on the pitch and seems to be putting all our players put our, all our players in the treatment room because a number of the players that have been missing have been injured in training and you're thinking what's going on how come the intensity seems to be there in trainings that we're injuring ourselves and it's not on the pitch when we should be trying to well I don't want to use the phrase injure other teams but we should put that level of intensity into other teams it's it's weird it's yeah. very very weird I, would, I wouldn't question their intensity tonight I thought it was a huge improvement I don't mm. I don't think it was their intensity I in fact I was you know I was impressed I thought some of the trademark sort of urgency their tackling um, some of the effort that they put in was was getting back to last season I wouldn't question that um, but I'm not sure about the I'm not sure about the injuries. So all I'm saying is wherever but wherever the injuries happened or how they're happening, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't question their their integrity on the pitch tonight. I'm not, I'm not questioning their integrity. I'm just thinking that it's it's weird that we I mean, okay, you get in game injuries, but we seem to lose a lot of players in training. I mean, even last season it happened, Dennis Buckley missed the end of last season because of something that happened in training. Um, it's just it's just, just weird and it also the knock-on effect of that is that you do see guys and especially when you're bringing on subs who are brand new and there were two guys made their debuts off the bench tonight and I don't want to say they looked lost but they clearly weren't up to speed in terms of the in terms of what of the expectation that is expected when you come onto the field in that position and I think we are scraping the barrel and if we lost Kerry Marmion or he's forced out because of the rules regarding it we're in very very big trouble that's come off if both Lowndes and Kerns are out and one point Dave that Pat Lamb made in the press conference about that is it's you know, he said we don't. These teams, you see, they lose bigger and they lose Alan Wynne Jones and they have guys to step in like Torrington and Reese Webb, who were pretty decent players. What he was saying is, yes, that guy stepped into the shoes for us last year, but it was during the season. It was in the middle of the season when there was momentum. Um, right now, he's bringing academy players in from the outset. Like, oh yeah, I agree with that. No, it's, it's, it's fair to say it's easier to bring in um, a, a guy into a position if uh, you basically have the rest of your full fifteen around him, mm. or maybe your full pack if he's the forward or whatever else, you know. So it's like the likes of Danny Qualter now. He's he's here today. No, there's the big bones of a, today, yeah. yeah, big improvements in him today. Um, there's no point in him trying to play the game any more. Downey was playing. But he still he has qualities he can bring to the second row. But um, it, it would be yeah, it would be much easier. Like he came in, he came in last year in, in once or twice, and he looked excellent. And you're you know we're really happy with him. But at, yeah, no, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for him at the beginning of the season like this, uh, especially coming to the side that are under as undercooked as Connacht looked to me anyway. So maybe maybe the Scarlet's game, I would say, would be the real test. Um, for me, anyway, if oh, if I things, I think the game think, was going to be a big test. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, I just was talking to John Muldoon briefly there when I was coming in, and he said 
you know, that looking back on these last two matches, you know, it, at least now they, they're going to Zebra forewarned about because the worst thing he said they could that they would want is, is to lose to Zebra. So I would expect that they're going over there with a little trepidation to make sure they can they they, they would not lose to the Italians. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. But for me, I, I, I'm not totally writing Zebra off uh, as a team. I don't think he was. Sure. No, no, I'm not. I think I did in last year's podcast. No, no, but for... I'll for, do it again just yeah. for fun. Well, I yeah. think if you look at last year's game, if you remember, there was a huge amount of tries scored because it was such a loose game. Oh, it was such a daft game, yeah, wasn't it? it was. It was indeed. And <laughs> that's the, the way... stupidest game I've ever seen. And that's, the way, and that's the way they like to play it. And it's a very hard game if, Connett, if they play like that and Connett don't keep their shape, particularly in defence. No, but what I'm saying is, I, the Scarlets, I think, are a level, a, a level lot above Zebra, and I believe that that's the game that's going to really. Except, except the Scarlets have lost the first two. They're away to Ulster next week, which is a fair chance they'll have lost three by the time they we're playing teams that are at the lower end now. I, I reckon the Scarlets are more at the level of Connacht. I reckon. I still, you know, the top six is going to be. It's a huge ass now, and. I think Scarlets and Collins are at that kind of level so we need to be beating them and I think that's why that game is, is going to be huge but surely to God there's going to be guys back by then because um, they really need they really need some heavy hitters Let's hear from Pat Lamb he was chatting to the media afterwards and uh, interestingly enough towards the end of the press conference we asked him about the, uh, the Zebra game Pat um how much can you take from a positive from the fact that for 60 minutes Connacht were close to their usual intensity uh, when it finishes like it does another heavy loss another bonus point conceded yeah I mean it was um, the first thing as I said to the boys in the change room is there's no doubt there's, there's, there's a lot of guys disappointed with the outcome but uh, you know the thing I said I'm pleased that we were better than we were last week particularly in things that we weren't so good and you know off the ball stuff attitude um, you know getting off the ground all of that sort of work um, but um, it's one of those games we we certainly at half time, um, uh, where we were really poor last week out of, out of the blocks. Half time, we, we we played really good rugby for 25 minutes. A really good balance between the territory and the position. Um, but it was a game of moments, and unfortunately, um, you know, when uh, there was a, couple, a line out from halfway when we were 11 10 up, and we didn't defend, we were tight, we didn't defend it well, we were under a bit of pressure, and then they put it through, and we took the ball out, and so we had another line out. And, you know, the reason we were better at 25, we controlled possession, and, you know, and discipline came in, and certainly, you know, it was the, the, the defence were the ones who were going to get punished, and, and, um, and obviously they got the penalty, and, and then they, they end up getting the try. So at 18-11, at nine minutes to go, um, you know, the, obviously the message, uh, and, and everyone knows, you know, we, um, we've got to bring the tempo up and go, and we, um, you know, we attack the edge, and unfortunately the, the pass uh, didn't stick, and, well, you know, it was probably given at the wrong time, and turnover, boom, they score. And so, uh, you know, it's just go for it again, and then we got a, a, a system error on our, on our defence again. So they, you know, they, and then the score blew out, which obviously wasn't a reflection of the game, but it's um, it's, it's massive learnings, you know. Again, and um, the main thing I'm, I'm pleased about is that we were certainly better than we were last week. And one of the key areas was the amount of visits to 22 that didn't yield points. A lot of yeah. lineouts very close to the line that just didn't come off the way you wanted it. Yeah, again, you know, it was. You know, it came down a few times, and it was, it was you know, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, 
said that it was against us, and uh, but we just have to live with that. And then, you know, ten six, um, you know, we they had a boy, guy in the bin, a forward in the bin, so we went for the corner, and which was the right call. And um, you know, we knocked the ball on. You know, so those decisions aren't as good as the execution, and we didn't execute there. But but certainly there was a few of those malls that uh, you know we didn't get the, the outcome we wanted. And and but uh, you know we persisted. We got and we got a good try. And at, at eleven ten. Uh, you know, we, we needed to score again, obviously. And, um, yeah, again, little moments and, and lapses. And uh, similar to last week, um, you know, good side punished us uh, quickly. A lot of pressure on the Stepbury game now because it's two defeats uh, to start the season and there will be that sense that this is, you know, the old cliche, a must-win away to Stepbury. Oh, everything's a must-win, you know. It's points. The way I said it, it's just points that, that are on offer. And um, But, you know, we, we spoke about it. You know, we saw... Last year, we, we you know, when Zebra lost to uh, you know to these guys last week, and um, they did it last year. They got the same time, and they come back and beat them, won the next game, and um, we are the first game back home. And you know we know they had issues, guys leaving, being able to get out of Zebra. So we now um, we know that we're in for a you know uh, after a strong performance they had against um, uh, Dragons that they're going to uh, they'll be tough. And if we don't prepare properly and and um, you know and, and improve further and um, it's going to be a hard day. Speaking of Zebra, William, um, what happened there last year? I can't remember. Um, well, that the, wasn't the, the game where uh, the, the, our commentary fell apart. That was the game where our commentary fell apart. <laughs> no fault uh, of our own. Uh, there was exploding ISDN boxes. <laughs> there was very upset media officers from uh, Zebra who was upset with another Italian chap, which led to a lot of arm waving and shouting. Um, uh, that second, that moment, the five seconds after the entire stadium of electricity shut down, and we looked at each other and went, I think that's because of us. <laughs> well, it was because of the chap that was attempting to fix our ISDN box. But I think we did realise that uh, it was going to be an interesting afternoon. And it was a very strange game. It was a game where Owen Masterson got a very bad injury in as well, uh, which he's still not back from. I see he's, he's still in re- recovery. Hopefully he'll be back in yeah, December. Christmas, yeah. um, but it was an open, messy game. And that's the last thing we need next Saturday. It could be quite warm there as well. So it's, it's, it's now a big challenge. What time's kickoff? Uh, five past six Italian time, so five past five Irish time. I think Alan's on AccuWeather now to see what it's looking like over in Parma. Yeah, so. I'll be there, right? Dave, uh, we, we just moved this on towards Zebrick because this is what every, this is our season now, the next big game. William, you, you were saying it just before I bring it to Dave. You've been saying this for a while. There was always a chance, even if we started well, that we could lose both the opening games against two good teams and that Zebrick game was going to be huge. I kind of dismissed you a few times. Sorry about that. <laughs> Well, it happens. Um, I think it's the manner we've lost these two games. These are actually two completely different games. Last week was what it was, as Pat Lamb has probably just said. (laughs) This This week was... A different aspect. I mean, for 60, 65 minutes, we, we competed very well. The speed was up. The intensity was up. The accuracy was, was not there. And then when we started clear, when they cleared their bench and we cleared our bench, we, we, we just seemed to, to, to drift away. Um, there was tackles missed for a couple of the tries. And that will really irk them. And I agree with what everybody has said. They do look badly undercooked. Zebra are, are not a good side. There's, there's no point. Their squad looks weak. Um, but they they sort of hung on last night to only lose by five points to the Dragons in what was described as a dreadful match. But next uh, Saturday, they're playing the champions. It's their first home game. 
and they have they have to go for it now. Um, and it'll be 25 degrees. And they will go for it because they're actually ahead of the champions on the table at this stage. Yeah. So they will see it as a perfect opportunity to to to, to actually um, go up the ladder again. Everyone's ahead of the champions at this stage. I'm going to throw the, the one tiny glimmer of optimism in this is that I think Zebra have a mental block with us. I think they just do. I think we are the team that they simply cannot fathom out how they haven't beaten us and it gets got into their heads. It's like us with Ulster. We should have beaten Ulster on so many occasions and we haven't and we don't even get bumped. I think Zebra are exactly the same with us. They just cannot work out how to beat us and they play, sometimes they play bleeding awful against us and sometimes they play really well and still lose. Every team has one team they have a mental block with and that is the one glimmer of hope. I know everybody's down and we're, we're, we are going to still be on the cook next week. There's no point in admitting it. We will not be at 100% next week if, because, because of where we're coming from. But I just think if you are going to want something to hang on to, is Zebra just seem to have this mental issue with us, and I like that. But like now, now we're champions. Surely the only thing that matters this year is the Champions Cup, and what we're doing is we're building up. <laughs> oh, the love of God! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm just, just, we're just throwing it out there. The I'm just throwing it out there. We're targeting the Champions Cup. Of course, if we, if we win, that, those if we win the Champions Cup, we qualify for it next year anyway. So that, there you go. We don't yeah, really need yeah. to finish the top six now. Move it on to a bit more sane logic. Well, what kind of changes are we going to make next week? We do. Vicious everywhere. Uh, better, uh, Jack played better today. I thought well, Jack's, made I some thought Jack's when he kicking was, was quite outstanding today, mm. actually. I thought that's it was uh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually interesting. It, people will rave about Sam Davies. Sam Davies will not play for Wales unless he improves his kicking. Oh, his kicking's horrendous. Yeah. And everything else about him is yeah. <laughs> With the ball in hand, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. That guy simply has no kicking game. And that was the contrast. That's what Jack's kicking. kicking Jack took a kick in the first. He got, it was the, one of the, we, we rarely do it. We kick the ball from our own line with the wind behind. So we got down to halfway. And Jack to just pick up after that because it was after the first kick of goal which was dire there's no point hiding it that first kick of goal was absolutely dreadful but he took Update the kick. on the wind it's windy carry on he did he did uh, he did take that kick to halfway and it seemed to improve his game and from then he, he went on but the problem was is that you then have to look at what did happen with the ball in hand and especially in our first half Davies controlled the game we look at to next week who just comes on? I mean, we're still Boschoff is still playing in South Africa. Um, it's the subs that I'm worried about because yeah. O'Leary didn't do well when he came off the bench. Jack did well. O'Leary made a couple of little errors. Still don't know if he's fully grown into that half wall. And God, we miss McGinty. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why you know Jack is you know back from having. Yeah, a horrendous operation. And if you look at McGinty, McGinty had to grow into that. I don't know if anyone was overly impressed with McGinty. Which is when the decision to buy Boschoff was made. Correct. Um, And I think you've got to give you've got to give Jack Carty a little bit more a little bit more time. Um, because he missed that entire whole season of excitement and development that that we had last year, and I think he just needs a little bit more time because de- he definitely has, I think, all the right skill set. Okay. Yeah, if you look at we we got Bosch up. We, I assume we were looking for him in sort of February time. Our kicking percentage is up to February, fifty-eight percent. From February to the end of the season, they were eighty-one oh, percent, which is like more than acceptable. <laughs> well, absolutely, and yeah. that was that was a mixture of kickers. Ronaldson was kicking, yeah. Jack kicked a and couple. And we missed Ronaldson. Glad you mentioned oh, him. Oh, yeah, well, I was about to bring him in. Yeah. He's the, probably the player we're missing as much as anyone himself, and and I think the player we're missing more than anyone else is is Mr. Baldowney. The leadership he provided, the quality he provided in the middle of the field, in lineouts, he was the best lineout operator in the Pro 12 last year. 
um, the leadership he's missed on the field, just general stuff. And you've got two kids in the second row. You know, you need someone with a bit more sort of old grunt, like Bradley Davis did when he stopped the score on a try down in the corner. You I know, that's say, yeah, And stuff. I think that's also where George Naupa was probably missing as well. Yes. Because a lot of people wondered, you know, Muldowney, we know what it is. Big money player, can get it in France. Can we match him with the with the funds? Naupa, end of his career, tough decision to make. And we, we let him go. Yeah, well, I just think, you know, he, he could fill... Those roles, second row, back row as well. Um, you know, maybe that decision was made, you know, as well. We, we don't know when that decision was made and in what circumstances. But I think when you take out Maldani and you take out George Naupu, and you've, it's possibly it's just exacerbated because of the injuries. So the experience that, you know, um, Quinn Roo and Ben Marshall, etc., would have, obviously... That's the reason. That's been a, yeah. William and then Niall on this. How would you grade then where we stand with our decision making in terms of transfers over the summer? What who we let go? Who we haven't? It's not looking good now. Well, that's twenty. That's twenty twenty hindsight. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's too soon to actually make a definite, definitive judgment. Anyways, but still. Yeah, it's look. look the, we operate with a budget, so we've just we've got to spend it the best way we can. I'm puzzled why you sign an out half who's not going to arrive here till October, November, having played a full season, because that means he, he's been playing rugby or in in training since probably mid December with the South African season. So you've you've got a potential. The guy's going to come here, and he's not going to be. You know, he's how much rugby is he going to be capable of playing? And you're going to have to bring him in to a setup that he's not used to. No, that's that's kind of the burning yeah. issue. No matter who you sign from the Southern Hemisphere, they're going, they're going to have that Baron Aussie. If you send it, even a Kiwi, they play the. We have no choice. That's whatever the NPC is called I now. Think, I think the other thing you have to look at is I don't know if Manus Boschup has been actually been playing that many games. No, he hasn't. So, been so injured quite I a think while. actually think he's actually probably probably. Rearing to, to get to Connacht, and and I think I think it as a positive more than anything. No, no, no. So why didn't he come here after the Super 15? Why wasn't that the or the Super 18? Why because wasn't that the deal that we we wanted? He's probably under contract yeah. down there. I, but I think the basic reason is is the out half ahead of him is the South African out half, and it's during the Tri Nations in the Curry Cup at the same time. Yeah, and he didn't play for the Lions in the Curry Cup game. was on TV. Did I say? Did, did you almost getting to finish this podcast and get into any, any other business? But it was something Pat Lamb said at the end. It might turn up in a few papers during the week. One of the questions he was asked is, "Is he going to sign anywhere else?" Right at the end, there was a follow-up question, and he just followed it, up going, "Look, the other teams, we can't pick four hundred. We can't just find four hundred grand to play a player just like that, or five hundred grand. Other teams can." The question that was asked to him was about Munster signing a player this week. Jack O'Tout. Yeah, so they signed the player, but he said we can't just rustle up four or five hundred grand. Now it was a, a telling statement from. Yeah, but I, I reckon he's probably overrating the button there a little no, of course bit. Four or five hundred. Can, can, can I emphasise why I say it's a telling statement? It's obviously nothing to do with the money he just mentioned there, because we can never do that. But just the fact that he really emphasised we can sign effectively a big contract signing. Ali Muldowney kind of money. Yeah, no, I don't think we, I don't think we can. Um, that's by the by, though. Okay. A, it depends on how, okay, how much, yeah. how, you know, what, how long term the injuries we, that cannot have, how long term they are. Um, the press release, I don't know, it, said, it was given, it was given a, good, a fair few weeks for everybody. Okay, so 18, eighteen were injured, but at least two of them were lads who've never actually played for Connacht. Boshoff was listed as unavailable. Boshoff was unavailable <laughs> as well. So, you know, no. but you're looking at another. But there's still fourteen. Four of them were head injuries. 
another one tonight. So we're, we're building up these head injuries, and you sort of wonder what's going on there. What is that? Just lack of technique somewhere along the way that people are putting their head in the wrong place. I, I actually, the the game I gone? actually think you have to question the difference between last year and this year. This year, nobody, nobody expected to lose to Connacht. No. Nobody. This year. You have to accept Connacht are the champions and people are coming and treating Connacht in a totally different frame of mind. So that means that when they're going out there and they're hitting players, they're hitting them with menace to hurt them, essentially because they're desperate to beat the champions. There's a prime example of that was, was Tipperick in the game in the corresponding game at this time of year last year, which was over there. Tipperick came on after uh, 65 minutes and almost changed the game in their favour. He started tonight. Yeah, it's a big. They're going to play. The, they're going to play as strong a team as they can. They could afford. Yes, they could leave out bigger. They could leave out Alan Wynne Davis. But that could be, that could be coming from 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 the WRU. We don't know. But they picked as strong a team as they were allowed to pick. Glasgow definitely picked as strong a team as they were allowed to pick. Um, they actually played a slightly weaker team against Leinster today, and still got the win. We are a target. We've got a massive giant target on our back. Um, and we go go over to Italy. And we, we we can't hide it. Zebra, Scar- Scarlet's next two games. Every team will want to come here and will want to beat us because there's nothing more. Nothing gives you a better feel. Look at us. When we went away and won, uh, won against Munster, just the principle of doing that because it was Munster is a big day, a big target. That's what they do. We are now the ones with the target. And I'm not sure we're comfortable with it. William, you caught up with Gary Charles from the BBC. I did indeed, yeah. And uh, he had quite a lot to say about uh, the before Pro the 12 and before the game, but about the Pro 12 and all sorts of things to do with Welsh rugby. We're about 90 minutes before kick-off here in the Connacht Ospreys match, and I'm with Gareth Charles from BBC Wales, who's doing the commentary tonight for S4C. You're welcome along to Galway, Gareth. Thanks very much indeed. Um, Connacht obviously made a, a difficult start last week, uh, whereas the Ospreys had a very decent run-out against Zebre. Um So far, how do you think the Welsh teams are going this season? Um, well, pretty 50-50 really. I think the Blues and the Ospreys uh, performed particularly well, both games for the Blues uh, and the Ospreys, as you mentioned, against the Zebra. Uh, but the, the Dragons have been disappointing, even though they, they beat the Zebra, albeit just 11-6 last night. And the Scarlets are the one team that have really disappointed not to get a single point from the opening two games. Uh, I think that Dwayne Pivak will uh, have a few sleepless nights on the back of that. Yeah, that, that's come as a shock to me because when I was at the media launch in Dublin, they were, they were fairly confident about how they were approaching the season, but they looked very lacklustre last night against Edinburgh. Yeah, it's, it's hard to pinpoint why. I mean, against Munster in, in the opening game, they, they dominated the first quarter but, but couldn't score. And they are trying to play rugby, but maybe they're, they're a bit too lateral and they haven't got that physicality. And the, the questions were being asked before the start of the season, was their pack up to it? Uh, because they've got a great back line. But as yet, uh, maybe the, the, those questions haven't been answered. Uh, and until they get that platform, they, they could well struggle. Uh, looking at the Warren Gatlin situation, how does, how does that work for Wales that he's going to be missing out for another Six Nations again? Is, is that good for forward planning or does that disrupt the whole setup? I think that uh, the continuity is there anyway now because. Uh, 
all the the rest of the backroom staff, the coaching staff, have signed on anyway. Uh, last season, the the last few put, put pen to paper a couple of months ago. So that kind of succession planning, if you like, is, is already in place, and it's something I suppose we're used to now after last time as well. Uh, and last time out uh, with Rob Howley in charge, we actually won the Six Nations back in in 2013. So Rob knows exactly what, what Warren's about. He's been with him at his side either for Wales or for the Lions uh, since, since Warren's come over, basically. And uh, it's just a matter of trying to tweak and, and develop the pattern they played in uh, New Zealand in the summer um, they, they played well in patches and I think the, the recent All Black results as well have shown exactly uh, what, what, how close Wales were and puts them in a good light so it's, it's really developing that game getting even more of an attacking threat playing more of a, of a wide open pacier game than they have done in recent years and I, I think that, uh, that they, they well know that but I think that uh, there'll be plenty of uh, phone calls and messages between, between Warren and Rob during the year anyway yeah, you'll be able to keep an eye on it. Turning to tonight's game, uh, what are you looking for from the Ospreys to kick on from last week? Well, they were very impressive last week. The Zebra were, were very poor, incredibly disappointing. But but even in the face of that, uh, the Ospreys played an excellent game. They they did what they had to do. They, they played some really good rugby, but it wasn't just silly rugby. Uh, in, in Sam Davis, they've, they've got a very good controller. Uh, he takes the ball to the game line, takes it to the opposition, but has also got a superb left foot in him so he can play field position, which is always handy in the wind here in, in, in Galway. So that could come into it. And I think they're expecting a big backlash as well from Connacht. Uh, uh, I think everybody was surprised not that they lost because Glasgow are a good team but, but the nature and the magnitude of the defeat I think took took everybody by surprise it was pretty much a perfect start for, for the Ospreys they were playing at home against weak opposition they got the confidence uh, boost of, of getting that bonus point in the bag getting eight tries so that, that will stand them in, in good stead Before any other business it's a feature we had before and we're bringing it back questions on Twitter read by Alan Okay, Jerry White has asked a couple of questions. He says, one, are the lads playing pods of old as I haven't noticed too much of the 4 2 4? Good point. No. I wasn't even listening to that. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> two, four, two, four, two. Sorry, you had the four and two in the wrong four, place two, there. No, they did. So it, um, every now and again, but they're, they're trying to evolve, I suppose, a little bit from it. They're mm. playing the same thing over and over again. Although they know it fairly well, so maybe they should go back to it for a while, get uh, and, you know, get some rhythm back into the game. It's funny, they still, you know, they can cut teams open a little bit as well, but uh, on the deck, we're. CRAP yeah, which is which is all about contact and it's all about the loss of Alexa Quinn Rue as you were saying earlier Alan question uh, and the second one was about O'Leary and how disappointing he's been with his impact off the bench yeah yeah but you can't judge a player in eight minutes I, I often think cool. it's younger players found it harder to come off the bench Kieran Marmion struggled a bit last year coming off the bench experienced players can do it but I think uh, younger guys it's easier to start them now it's not always Practical to do that, um, but I think Shane O'Leary might start next week. You've, you've got to you've got to see what you have. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually agree with that, and I'm a huge Jack Hardy fan. I also think he took a great step forward today. I also think he's coming back from injury. And Alan was one who said that he felt Shane O'Leary was developing well last year. So maybe we should stay very much on the positive on that. Because well, we, I think the thing about Shane O'Leary is that he's extremely confident mm. and yes, comfortable, yeah. and that's 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 a huge plus for yeah. him. And I mean, any time, yeah, bad, yeah, any time you talk to him, and he's very comf- comfortable with what he's doing, and he's very confident awesome. about his ability. And awesome. I think that's you know of huge benefit to Connor. And maybe against Zebra might be 
the time to bring him in and give Jack a rest? I don't know. Also, against uh, the Ospreys when he came on, he's chasing the game and he had to try things and it didn't work out. Any other questions? And the last one, just John Rogers saying that whoever organised the pre-season deserves a bollocking, but we already know that. Yeah, moving on. Any other business? Thanks, John. Though. Something positive. Um, two things. Well, one, one, small, one, one small thing. The best moustache in rugby. Mr. Pia, the replacement tight head. That deserves credit. It is a piece of of sartorial moustache elegance. The man deserves an award. It is beautiful. And I appreciate a good beard. The second thing is, and this 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 is going back a bit negative, is it's in relation to the yellow card. Ben Whitehouse looked at it and let it go, and then was brought back. The thing is, is that we were to, we were told whenever they could, they would have teams of officials and a neutral ref. We had a Welsh ref for a Welsh team, and we had an Italian TMO. Week two, I'm hoping that this is the unfortunate set of circumstances, and this isn't the norm. Um, I did think I wasn't Ben's best game. Not the reason we lost. We lost for many other reasons. But I just thought that if the referee has looked at something and the scene doesn't think it's it's worthy of a call, why bring it back? Especially after that long, because we actually ended up losing. We went from being in the twenty-two to being back on halfway. But also, if you're gonna have an Italian, we say it worked last week. We had an all Italian team. Why not have an all Italian this week? Or if you're gonna bring over a Welsh ref, why not have a Welsh team? It just makes no sense that you'd have a Welsh ref and an Italian team. Okay, that's good. Anyone else? Nope. Enjoyed my scotch. And that Jura was really nice. A nice, nice Jura, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I, what year? What year? I mean, I mean, how old? No, come how on, old? on. No, no, it was just a straight, straightforward Jura. Very good. Um, very, un, very unprofessional, really. Drink, drinking <laughs> on the Jura. I have to talk whiskey. <laughs> Unprofessional, I didn't know the year. <laughs> <laughs>